0: Good afternoon, everybody. And uh, thank you for coming back from lunch. I can tell you're all eagerly anticipating this session with the smiles on faces and everything. Um, Just quickly for introduction to myself, in case for those of you who don't know me and don't know our firm, um, I'm a shipping partner at Mayor Brown in our Hong Kong office. Um, Many of you may not know the name Mayor Brown because historically we were known as Mayor Brown JSM or JSM before that, so many of you uh, especially more experienced people in the room will be very familiar with JSM in Asia. Um, before we, uh, or enough to do about me, but let me introduce our esteemed panel here. Many of you uh, may, be, may be football fans and uh, saw the, uh, the Liverpool match earlier this week and the, the manager of Liverpool uh, was very proud of his, his, his uh, team. And I won't use the exact wording he, he used the other day, but basically he said that they were giants. And I think it's safe to say we have four giants of the, uh, the Chinese uh, leasing industry here with us. In fact, I think leading the four largest Chinese leasing companies. So let me introduce them here. First we, we have Mr. Liu uh, Jendong, who is the deputy head of shipping for Bocom Leasing. Next we have Jack Xu, uh, Deputy Head of Shipping for CMB Financial Leasing. Thank you. Next we have Bill Guo, uh, Executive Director for Shipping for ICBC Financial Leasing. And last but not least we have Jerry Yang, CEO of Shipping Offshore and Logistics for Minsheng Financial Leasing. So let's jump right in. And um, I'm cautious of the time, I know we're starting a bit late so I will try to uh, keep us get, get us back on track uh, to the extent possible. But let's start in talking about leasing companies and the, the growth of the leasing industry over the last, say, 10 years or so. And what I thought we would start off with is, when I first started working on leasing deals uh, with, with some of the Chinese leasing companies, say, nine or 10 years ago, it was primarily involved with uh, bulker, dry bulk trade, um, a lot of some domestic uh, counterparties, you know, then slowly getting into international uh, charters and, and other counterparties. Then it moved into tankers, um, then started seeing more developments um, with leasing companies getting involved in the offshore industry. And now we've seen it move on to bigger and and, uh, larger vessels such as LNG and now cruise vessels as well. So I thought I'd start um, perhaps with Mr. Liu. And could you just give us kind of just a snapshot of, say for BOLCOM leasing, when uh, say 10 years ago or so, or when you were starting, what was the kind of portfolio for Bocom leasing in terms of the sectors of ships, the types of ships, and how has that progressed and what is your portfolio today?
1: Uh, good afternoon, and um, thanks, corner uh, 10 years ago, uh, I believe that the shipping portfolio in our company is quite small. And I guess uh, uh, in terms of the uh, uh, monetary uh, 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 size and it's uh, about one billion uh, IMB, and ten years ago, but now and uh, we have a uh, nearly ten billion dollars portfolio, and it is really uh, 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 achievement and uh, quicker, uh, quicker uh, uh, development of this uh, portfolio. And uh, uh, ten years ago, uh, the shipping portfolio in our company. Uh, I guess maybe uh, very small, and uh, no people really care about uh, this portfolio. Uh, but now, and uh, it's becomes uh, the second largest portfolio in our company. And uh, uh, I believe uh, now, and uh, many of our colleagues in the company, they will uh, pay much more attention to uh, this portfolio. And uh, so far, and we have uh, uh, nearly uh, 390 uh, ships uh, in our portfolio. Both in uh, operating lease and, and also in finance lease uh, uh, structure, and uh, uh, about uh, six years ago, and we stepped uh, stepped into the international market. We start with uh, liner shipping. At that moment, uh, we have a lot of uh, container ships for our international clients. But so far, uh, the portfolio is well uh, well managed and uh, uh, diversified into. Uh, almost uh, uh, all sector of the shipping uh, market, and uh, I believe, and uh, by the end of this year, and our tanker sec- uh, tanker portfolio will be uh, will be become uh, the second largest ship ship sector in our company. So ten years uh, is really amazing, and uh, I I we we compete before uh, at the domestic market. So, so I I believe, and uh, uh, my colleague uh, beside me and they, they, they share the same growth. So that uh, so far I talk a little bit about this only. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Jack? Yeah.
2: Yes, I fully agree with, uh, with Luzo. So uh, yes, uh, I think this change is quite a uh, very lateral uh, progress. So at the beginning, we just tried to uh, build up our portfolio size. And uh, we are just wanted to uh, occupy some market share and uh, we uh, look at uh, the big names, or and uh, maybe we provide a higher um, leverage finance. This is, uh, I call that is uh, phase uh, 1.0. And then we are thinking about we can, uh, if we can uh, select some uh, good quality uh, assets, and uh, we will try and diversify the asset types, and and then uh, provide a competitive price So I I, I think that most of us is uh, on the flight of quality. So I call that is maybe uh, phase 2.0. But then how we uh, differentiate ourselves? How uh, we can uh, obtain uh, organic uh, growth and then to achieve uh, sustainable growth? So uh, what's about our products? What's our difference with each other, with bank loan? So uh, can we do some uh, innovative uh, solutions to the industry, to the ship, shipping finance? So I think maybe next stage, uh, I think, uh, yes, both Luz and Bill and Jerry, they have uh, a lot of great ideas to uh, to be the pioneer of the industry. Have done many, many um, uh, different structures to provide clients to achieve very good uh, comments. And, uh, and then uh, I think uh, in the last, so, all of us maybe um, look at the future, so we uh, we need to think about the the the, the, the organic growth. So um, y- yes, in the future, definitely we can uh, we can. Uh, I think the Chinese leasing firms can uh, find a, a solution to uh, to provide a better services to our clients. So that's my comments. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Jack. Bloop.
3: Um, this bill. So, and uh, it's very hard for me to tell about ten years ago because I haven't been joined the uh, ICBC leasing yet. So, and um, I joined ICBC leasing only six years ago. So, and uh, I only can recall when I joined, and uh, we have already, you know, much much less and uh, that. Uh, I was told about ten years ago we only had like a two or three people working in the shipping division, and uh, you know, more, you know, all the investments is only for the river boat. And uh, you know, so we don't really do any of the, I would say, the US dollar-based international business. And right now, after today, you know, by 2019, um, we become one of the largest, I would say, the leasing house and the, in the world, or maybe the one of the largest and the ship owner in the world also. so. And we have over 12 billion US dollars you know, of the ship asset and close to 300 ships. And sometimes we look at, we look at this big portfolio, we are a little bit you know, you know, worried. What's the next move? So should we continue growth and you know, like this way or we should be doing something differently? Like the, you know, the other panel numbers also mentioned about, you know, because I was complained that, you know, by some people said about you know, because I speak leasing, so others had to do the operation leasing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no.
3: so, and, uh, you know, so internally we all say have, we, have, we maybe think about also doing the operation leasing. If we do really do the operation leasing, we could buy 100 ships. Actually, our you know the head of the credit chairman, he actually told told me you know why not just build 100 ships and uh, you know then you can do operation leasing, financing you know whatever by yourself. You know it's easier by using the, the I would say really low cost of the ICBC. That's what really will be scary the whole industry if you really do so because we did for the aviation we bought three hundred ships just one one deal so so should we do the same way or, or not that's for the future for the next ten years I don't know only speaking you know we have some internal discussion right now so for the future move so so but um, we are very happy for what we have achieved you know, with our whole and the China leasing house all together so with the, I would say today's position in the shipping market we are very proud we are proud for the China. Also, for the support of the government, also proud of our banks industry as well. Um, but I would say for the next move, and we should be very cautious also to see what's next movement for us. So thank you, guys.
4: Jake? Good afternoon, everybody. I'm so happy to have the opportunity here. Uh, well, 10 years ago, we just started our first transaction. Uh, actually, it, is the fir- it was the first transaction of our company. Uh, shipping deal. Well, at that moment, what we have done is just domestic trading, dry sector. Uh, we just started to do international business here in the year of 2013, exactly six years ago. That's why Bill we'll Gold, you know, joined ICBC leasing, I believe. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today, uh, the total asset size of our shipping sector is about seven, bi- seven billion U.S. dollars. And uh, covers basically dry uh, and wet, uh, wet product tanker, and the bitumen carrier, whatever, VLCC, you know, uh, and container, container carrier, container carrier. And the rest, something specialized, specialized tonnage. You know, uh, a lot of people is reluctant to use the word offshore, but uh, the market is kind of coming again, <laughs> coming. Uh, We see a lot of better sign. Well, frankly speaking, our portfolio is kind of uh, balanced. It's kind of balanced. I believe we have similar situations with our peers. Uh, The major part of our portfolio shall be international U.S. dollar business because shipping basically is a 100% international business. Uh, Our company, it is about. 80%, 80%, yeah, 80% is U.S. dollar business. Uh, we are an international market. Well, it is a tough market. It's a t- it is a tough market. Uh, today, a lot of people is talking about LNG, gas, uh, green. A very, very hot topic. We're looking at the, the sector for quite a while. Well, just because, you know, uh, not only the potential one J ships bill is going to other but also because currently the competition in terms of the funding cost, we haven't done so much in the sector. Uh, we just need to try. We we try our best to do something a little bit more industry industry driven. For example, uh, we do some, do a TC deal. We do a TC. We bought ships. You know, we act more and more like a traditional owner. Traditional owner. And we also borrow money from banks just as a real owner rather than a service provider, you know, a financialized. Uh, basically, as I spoke in some other occasions, shipping is a traditional industry with around 400 years' history. So we just try our best to add some new elements rather than change something just try to figure out the proper way, can be accepted by, first of all, the industry, secondly, the capital market, and hopefully, the capital market. Thank you. Thanks, Jerry. Uh, a few of you
0: mentioned, um, starting with Mr. Liu, about the, the growth in the operating lease space. Um, you know, obviously, at the beginning, it was almost exclusively financial leases for the leasing companies. And I think at the risk of overgeneralizing, I would say that um, perhaps Bocom and, and Mincheng have been very active in moving into the operating lease um, space. And I think uh, maybe CMB and ICBC are still, although they do operating leases, as Bill mentioned, uh, maybe still more heavy on the financial lease um, sectors or uh, structures. Mr. Liu, um, what was the, the genesis behind going into more of an operating lease? Um,
1: arrangements. So the structure uh, actually uh, uh, is the uh, selection of the market and uh, because there was a uh, demand from our client and uh, during the downturn of the market and the balance sheet of our clients very, uh, was very heavy and uh, they couldn't uh, 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 arrange their finance and through their balance sheet so that is the basic uh, demands and uh, or basic uh, logical behind uh, why and we uh, dealing so much uh, operating lease structure uh, to the market and uh, uh, try to uh, be uh, differentiate differentiate uh, us from the market or from the other uh, financial institution is uh, the second uh, reason for us to to. To provide uh, this uh, solution to the market, and uh, uh, we are not going to compete with uh, other financial institutions. So that is why. So uh, we we try to be uh, somewhere between uh, uh, finance and, and the owner. Uh, then, and uh, we found a, a, a proper position for us to deliver uh, this to the market. And. Uh, so uh, by uh, so in terms of uh, 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 risk controlling, operating, operating lease uh, uh of course will be uh, more uh, better than uh, mortgage loan and uh, in uh, in 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 managing the the ship's assets uh, in terms of the risk uh, uh, consideration. And I mean, I think uh, uh, about three aspects. Uh, would be the basic uh, logical behind the operating lease that we choose for the market.
0: Uh, Jerry, is that basically along the lines of your thinking as well? Is that the way uh, yeah. the mincheng has moved?
4: I totally agree. Well, uh, you know, operating lease and uh, financial lease, uh, in my eyes, is not only an accounting words, not only accounting words. Uh, basically, when we talk about financial lease. We talk about counterparty risk, you know, a lawyer. The most important element of a contract is who is your counterparty? That's question number one. You have a proper counterparty, you will not worry about your financing. You can't get every penny back. Basically, that's the financial lease. It is a kind of agent activity rather than investment. And, uh, Operating lease, in my mind, it is kind of, let's say, invest in certain risks or opportunities which shall be, let's say, can be properly managed. You need to take certain risk exposure, for example, residual value, belong. That's the different definition. Totally different. When we talk about Belong, we talk about counterparty. When we talk about residue value, we talk about investment. And uh, frankly speaking, Mission Financial Lease is not going to compete with banks, even you know, in some cases, our peers, because we are becoming more and more investment driven, investment driven, you know, invest in certain risks and opportunities. When we talk about risk control, which, I mean, we need to add a few words right after, you know, the opportunities and the, the risks, which shall be and can be properly managed. That's my view in terms of the you know, difference between financial lease and operating lease. Um, for, for Bill and Jack, um, speaking
0: of, of counterparties, um, the cruise sector is becoming more important uh, in, for Chinese lessors in recent years. Um, I know both ICBC and, and CMB have been involved in, in financing of, of cruise deals. Um, is this something that's going to be a, a growing market for the leasing companies, or do you think it's uh, you know, basically already uh, at, its, uh, at its peak for leasing, leasing companies? Yeah.
3: Um, for the cruise business, um, we, don't, we don't do the operational leasing, of course, and uh, it's very hard to run the op- cruise ship on the rotor by ourselves. So we, of course, only can do that for the, for the financial leasing. And just back to what and, uh, Lou and uh, Jerry just mentioned. So if I can give you three numbers and, uh, so you can see the difference. So basically, for the senior loan, you can get 4% into the rate. For the financial leasing, you can get 6% for the operation leasing, you can achieve 8%, 8%. So there's always the difference between the risk and also the gain. So that's easy to pick up what you like. So banks usually pick up the safety weight, so pick up 4%, we choose the you know, 6% of the financial leasing. And for maybe you know, Jerry measured by his end profit, so he choose the operation leasing to, take, to try to take this 8%, maybe even higher. So for the cruise ship, then I think it's a very, I would say, really niche market. That's only can kind of go back to, I was saying, you know, usually the bank loan structure or maybe for the financial leasing. But even for the leasing side, we try to manage the size because it's a very niche or it's a very special market. So which means the, the residual value also, you know, if something happens, it's hard for the, you know, the leasing house to really to operate those ships. So that's my, my view. Yeah, yes, I, uh, I fully agree with uh, Bill.
2: So we, we also have uh, involved uh, cruise uh, finance, so we, we cannot uh, provide uh, operating needs for cruise vessels. So that's the same. So I think, uh, yes, for a future uh, corner, you ask if we have a uh, growth for the cruise, cruise sector. Um, my answer is uncertain, because uh, I think the cruise is quite a specialized uh, market. So the assets also are uh, just uh, designed for, for the purpose use. And the purpose market, so um, it's not so standard like dry uh, bulk tanker says. So we need to uh, to think uh, think about to uh, consider it our counterparty's risk. So we take the credit of the corporate risk first, and then we are uh, look at the market. Uh, but uh, yeah, fortunately the market is uh, is good for us. So currently the cash flow is good for the business. So maybe yeah. Uh, If we can, uh, if our credit think the risk is uh, generally can uh, can be controlled, so we we definitely maybe look at more of uh, uh, cruise deals. Yes. Uh,
0: You mentioned, um, you know, obviously the risk exposure on on cruise and and some even LNG is is higher. Let's say perhaps than traditional shipping sectors. Um, Some of the projects we've been involved in recently involve. leasing companies working with each other to either sell, essentially sell deals to other leasing companies, or to have some kind of a you know, joint um, investment in deals. Is that something, um, maybe Mr. Liu, I can ask you first, is that a trend you see continuing, uh, more sort of uh, deals between leasing companies? Uh,
1: uh, I believe uh, these trends will continue. Uh, after so many years' uh, uh, development of the of our portfolio, and uh, uh, we, we believe that uh, we need to manage our uh, portfolio, and uh, uh, so and there are uh, some deals uh, uh, happened and, uh, last year, and and we sell our portfolio to some uh, investors, and, uh, and also uh, there are uh, uh, records and of the trade, uh, trades between between uh, CMB and also uh, ICBC leasing. And uh, I believe uh, it is a chance. Uh, we have to manage our portfolio, uh, and uh, sometimes, and, uh, uh, and uh, this will uh, uh, give our space to to dealing uh, with our uh, clients. If, if the if the concentration concentration uh, ratio of this uh, uh, client, uh, I mean, and uh, in terms of the uh, volume of the business, and be too big, and then, and we if we can. Uh, transfer it, it, it to other companies and who like it, and then we have a much more uh, chance to work with our clients and uh, and, and to be active uh, uh, players um, again. So that uh, I believe that it is.
0: Uh, Jerry, as Minqing um, looked at some of these uh, potential, say um, not necessarily joint ventures, but either buying or selling shipping deals for other yes. leasing companies.
4: Yes, definitely. We have done something, Uh, actually. uh, As I spoke just now, first of all, industry. Then, you know, uh, we need to be accepted by banks, banking world, money, and then capital market, if it is sexy enough. Mm -hmm. And whenever we have a project, we need to see whether the project is just something we like, we're the only guy who love the project, or the project is sexy enough to sell to somebody else. It is very important to see, that's also a benchmark if you're controlling the risk, actually, (laughs) you know, Uh, so, uh, moreover, I believe the transactions between not only, not only, you know, leasing companies, but also between banks, between, uh, between investors, uh, shall be part of the business. In the in the in the long run and even today, because for example, if we can figure out this inner trench from banks, basically we sell sell part of the deal part of the deal to the bank. The bank must like the deal, like the project, and like us. And then we may try to sell the you know equity trench equity trench to the potential investor. For example, you know uh, this morning I spoke to a fairly. <laughs> to talk about how to organize a sexy deal and to sell part of the equity to the public market. And if we can make it, you know, listed, let's say IPO, it is very, very, you know, a good situation. It'll be a very, very good situation. So, can be sold. Being attractive, being sexy is very important. And I believe, you know, this is, kind of a benchmark, uh, can be accepted by everybody. And uh, the transaction itself, also very, very helpful. And whenever you sell your project, you book either, province, uh, e- either profit or loss, or anyway, you release your capacity to do something else. That's another you know, beauty of transactions.
0: Um, Jack, if I can turn to you. Um... Just changing topics a little bit. Uh, Benjamin Wong from uh, Hong Kong Invest this morning was talking a bit about the uh, Belt and Road Initiative and and you know some of the projects and and uh, other issues surrounding that. Um, one of the one of the I guess side effects of the Belt and Road Initiative is that the Chinese banks especially are needing to finance many of these projects, and there is some concern and maybe there is some evidence that that is resulting in less. Um, financing available for shipping um, in China, um, according to some people. Is that something that, and each of you are uh, essentially parts of uh, large financial institutions in terms of the group. Is that something that you see internally or do you think it's a concern that it'll be more difficult to get financing from from Chinese banks in, you know, in connection with the, uh, the Belt and Road Initiative um, spending by the banks?
2: Yes, in my view there's no art director related um a link to uh, from the Bell and road um, investment to the shipping finance because um, our bank is uh, is, uh, is a totally a commercial bank so we just uh, provide uh, the products to uh, to the market and uh, what we are uh, to um, do, uh, doing is uh, just uh, to satisfy our shareholders to make money to make profits so yeah of course we are supporting the, the government policies to support the global uh, um, uh, trading to our uh, support the belt on road but uh, yeah we told, uh, we we are we are totally a commercial bank we we, we for shipping sector, we we have no uh, this kind of concern if we if the government just spend more money on the belt on the road so there's uh, less money spent on the shipping finance i don 't think this this is an issue yeah from uh, from my view
0: um bill maybe from the policy bank perspective for ICbc is there any difference? In your view, or do you
3: agree? Uh, we are not the policy bank, oh, sorry. and uh, we are also, the, uh, we also I the I would say the the, you know, the commercial bank, but you know, majority owned by the government. So we have you know we we follow with the government's suggestion, also the guideline, you know, regulation, you know, for this one bill one rule. Definitely, is one of our focus. I think in the different compared to the ICBC with the other banks, and uh, we have the you know most available and global branch in overseas, and close to 100 bank branches. So and um, you know. We have so much branch also can you know, receive the U.S. dollar and their saving. So actually the ICBC encourages leasing to do more you know, U.S. dollar based investment to the overseas because the, the, the ships is one of the most of the standard asset to buy, to sell, to trade. And maybe another one is aviation. So it's easier for us to buy the ships and buy you know, for the U.S. dollar than other assets. So also you know, the ship also is very key element for the one by one road. So it's actually exact match what's the, I would say, the central banks, uh, central governments, and uh, I would say the policy also you know, requirement. So we do you know this is not actually the issue for ICBC and uh, the majority investment for I would say, ICBC also another bigger three or four you know largest than the Chinese banks. They all do the investment in China. That's the be and asset. So it's a, it's a, it's, I think it's a very healthy balance between the U.S. dollar investment also the RMB investment. So it's not the issue for us at all.
0: Um, Jerry, maybe I can ask you just about financings in general. You you were speaking about um, getting bank financing earlier. In terms of the types of banks that you mentioned will work with on on refinancing your your leasing deals, um, is there a preference for either international banks or Chinese banks, or is it just basically depend on the best deal offered to you, or do you try to keep a balance uh, between Chinese banks and international banks financing your deals?
4: Ah, best deal. Best to our shareholders. Best to the company. Uh, well, when we talk about single project, first of all, we need to see the long-term relationship. For example, uh, just like all the other clients in you know in the industry, we need to look after our banking relationship first of all. As well, whenever we have a good deal, but in general, we just try our best to figure out the best deal for the company, cost-driven. Mr. Liu, is it? Same for BoCom.
1: Uh, yes, we are cost-driven, and uh, and uh, 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 to raise uh, uh, funds and uh, from the international banks is, is, is always our uh, strategy. Uh, cost-driven, always. Yeah. Same.
2: <laughs> it seems to me, but uh, but we also think about in long term. We need to a uh, balance to uh, all of the relationships with the banks. So maybe we wanted to achieve a kind of uh, balancing and uh, from the domestic banks and the international banks and all of uh, this kind of uh, refinance products. So um, maybe in the short term, we, we need to uh, think about the, the lower cost. But in the long term, if we have a good relationship, maybe uh, also we can achieve the very uh, better result. So we, we not only just look at the, 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 the um, spot, spot cost. Thank you.
3: Um, I, you know, I have a different opinion actually, you know, I can see a big smile face in front of me, That's a login, <laughs> so and uh, you know, it's, a, it's of course the cost, but also the relationship, so someone so, knows us and know me, so call me and uh, you know, they got the first hand information, so of course then, uh, that's why right now the French banks always get some good deal from the China leasing house, and uh, you know, German, German banks unfortunately is out of the shipping market, so um, I never receive any call from German banks at all. And who else? You know, maybe some you know Dutch banks, but the majority of banks right now actually have got the most call from our ICBC overseas, because as I said, we have so much branch and overseas at uh, Hong Kong, Singapore, and the uh, U.S. and New York, London. They all have the U.S. dollar there. For them, it's easier to invest their own brand, their own subsidiary company. Maybe invest to the Bolcom to the you know as well. So for them, they are also eager to do some U.S. dollar investment and uh, for the senior loan. So we sometimes you know if if. If we can do the balance between our internal banks or also the external banks, so we have to keep the balance between these. So also the leasing, uh, Chinese banks are also very progressive. For example, the you know, Axiom banks or also the CDB banks. So right now, it's very, I think it's a good balance between all these banks So right now. So as I said, the cost is one of the important things, but sometimes the relationship, personal relationship is also very important.
2: Yes, Bill. I I, I saw a uh, sit there, and uh, he's c- uh, calling you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Also, the you know James is from the from the city, so that's also good relation. So. <laughs> um,
0: well, we're actually we're, we are almost out of time, so I thought I'd just finish with something um, that is quite topical at the moment, um, the so-called trade war at the moment uh, between China and the U.S. Um, I guess actually. Effective uh, a few hours ago, the, uh, the, the increased tariffs have, have um, entered into force in the U.S., unless uh, the president changes his mind. Um, are there any direct impacts of the trade war that, on your businesses? And, and what kind of risks do you think that uh, potentially the trade war, if it continues on, um, may mean for you, whether it's currency risks or, or other risks? Maybe Mr. Liu, if you...
1: Uh, the trade war, uh, 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 trade disputes between two nations, uh, will change the uh, trade pattern. Uh, finally, in the short term, uh, uh, there is uh, uh, some dis- disruption uh, of the trade. But the, if this uh, continue, or if uh, the tariff is really uh, elevated, and then and it will totally change the trade, uh, the pattern of trade. Uh, we will uh, pay a lot of attention uh, uh, to, towards this trade uh, pattern because, and uh, it's relating to the tonnage and the type of the uh, the trade flows, and uh, thereby uh, the final return of all assets. So uh, this is a really uh, crucial uh, issue that uh, uh, that ahead of us. So uh, I believe, and we should pay a lot of attention to this uh, uh, issue and uh, uh with regarding to uh the the risk and uh, uh, as i mentioned earlier the, the assets risk and uh, uh, will be uh, the the very uh, in, uh, important uh, uh, issue ahead of us and uh, for currency and uh, i believe and uh, uh, if this uh tariff uh, uh is uh, is up uh, up to twenty five percent then there will be more uh, uh chinese uh, yen uh uh, be put into the market, and it will cause uh, uh, the increase of the value of uh, U.S. dollar, uh, thereby uh, uh, for us. And uh, it is all right because and we, have, uh, we have we have we raise all funds internationally. Thereby, uh, maybe there are some uh, influence on it, but uh, should not be a very big uh, uh, issue. Uh, that's it.
2: Yes. Um I think in the short term, so the, definitely the, the trade war will bring a uh, very, uh, very um, uh, uh, serious impact on the shipping on the global trading. So uh, yes, but uh, I think the, the demand for the, the cargoes is still there. So if, if the trade war continues, but the, the demand for the daily, go, daily uh, goods is still there. So yes, I fully agree, comes. Um, uh, so the trade patterns will be uh, changed. So uh, so we uh, shall be uh, prepared for the for this kind of uh, changing. So uh, maybe the different ship types, uh, the values may be changing, and then uh, also uh, the freight market also change. So maybe we, we shall be uh, very cautious on this part. And for the currency, I think uh, recently we can see the, the RMB have some uh, depreciation. I think there's uh, maybe a little bit before China uh, shipbuilding uh, industry and also maybe it's good for shipping the industry. I think in the long term, uh, uh, will I think uh, the the the, the, the pragmatism should not be uh, continuous. So people need good quality of uh, goods and with a low cost. So are some countries just uh, yes yeah, just uh, always um, uh, protect himself uh, his health self uh, uh, benefits. It cannot uh, work out. So uh, we think in long, uh, long-term view. So we, we share maybe the shipping or with uh, um, together with uh, with uh, uh, global trading maybe uh, still uh, still grow. So that's my comments. Thank you.
3: Yeah. Uh, just quick one. So and I think and, uh, you know with the intention of this and the trade war also because I'm seeing the I would say the China and the Western world in general. say the tighter relationship. Uh, for the personal impact is right now we are a little bit, uh, I would say in the not want to go to the trip to the US or the Canada um, nobody <laughs> wants to be hold there you know for 30 months <laughs> and um, so for the business side I think you know we are talking about the operational leasing and up you know financial leasing I think for the upside you know I'm, I'm, I think more courage to do the operating leasing because you can get some extra primary gain from the asset but from downside you know I think it's safer to do the financial leasing so I think and uh, it's more in the financial leasing market if they really go to the tradable side so
4: Um, the immediate effect is obvious. Uh, the uncertainty on the spot market is just there, and uh, we can see the freight on different different type of uh, drys, uh, dry carriers, uh, from the beginning of this year up till now, uh, changing a lot, really really volatile, and uh, that's part, uh, you know, result of of trade war, container carrier as well, similar. Uh, well, in the long run, if the trade war can change the trading pattern, even if, let's say, we still need to look at the fundamental, look at the supply and demand. And suddenly is there, well, in the long run, subland, supply and demand will still decide whether our business can be successful. Well, Thank you. Uh, thank you to everybody. We're out of time now,
0: but I'd like to uh, thank each of you for joining us today, and thank you, Nicholas, for organizing, and uh, that's it. Thank you.